Well, help me, uh, help me welcome those first-time guests here to Hillside. Put your hands together. We are really excited to have you here with us to worship, to fellowship, to join. And um, when you came in, you maybe have gotten like a little goodie bag. If you didn't, make sure you get one on your way out. Uh, you will be blessed. So when Pastor Paul asked if I was available Labor Day weekend, of course, uh, he said it's, it's a standalone, right? So we're not in a series. But if you guys haven't had an opportunity to either be in person or to go back and listen to like the podcast version uh, of the sermons that he preached on relationship, you are missing out. I'm telling you, it, they were timely, challenging, encouraging, like especially the marriage one. Uh, the marriage one, I was like, oh, man. like I sent him a meme. Uh, that's our love language, Pastor Paul and I, we, we meme it. Uh, and there was this one that says, when the pastor preaches a message so good that you go home and you start looking for microphones and things because he's got to know what's going on. Right, So go back if you're married or you're going to be married. That was a good one. But the parenting, like they were all good. So when I started praying about what am I going to preach on, I, I was like, I'm, God, you want me to preach on relationships too, but just in a different way, in a different way. So I'm going to deliver a message that hopefully you can connect with about the relationships in my life past and present, and what I believe God will do in the future. And so my title of my sermon today is Relationships, and the four R's, Recognize and Repent, Reconcile and Restore. Okay, uh, so we'll get to those points, but I want to highlight very first in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So boom, right off the bat, God said, y'all are relational beings. You're meant to be in a relationship, right? Like Adam had his relationship with God, and that was great, but then God was like, you know, I'm going to give you somebody else. You need somebody else. So I want you to understand that whether you feel it all the time or not, you are meant to be in relationships. Now, how many of you can find yourself sometime isolating and pulling back, and I don't need to be around nobody? And you know what? That's fine because even Jesus modeled solitude with the Father, right? So he, when he retreated, he would always reconnect after, right? But a lot of times in our life, we retreat and isolate because we can't deal with it. I can't deal with Jimmy, Bobby, and Sally So. Like, I can't, I just can't do that. Well, maybe you need to retreat, spend some time in solitude with the Father, and then reconnect. Because we're relational beings. We are meant to be in relationship. So I'm, I'm going to talk about each of those points, recognize and repent, reconcile, uh, and restore. But I'm going to tell you about personal relationships in my life, and there's gonna, you're going to see this pattern. You're going to see that there was a relationship, a relationship that was formed, there was sin that broke it, there was repent, repentance, 
there was reconciliation and then restoration in every relationship in my life. I'm just going to highlight the main ones. But every relationship in my life, there's a pattern. And I feel like you're probably going to connect with me on some point in this sermon. At least I hope and pray. So I'm going to start with my parents. I'm going to start with my parents. Uh, they were awesome. I had a great childhood. Uh, my, you know, was raised strict. My dad was a disciplinarian and, and very authoritative. And this is the path you were to be on. And don't worry if you get off. I will help you get right back on. Like, he's good about that. Um, very loving family. Uh, I created a very strong work ethic in me. You know, my parents, uh, the year I was born, bought a, a grocery store. Like, grocery store with a fresh meat market. You know, you don't, like, you don't have those uh, as abundantly nowadays. I think, like, maybe Taylor's. There's this place in uh, Louisville that, that my wife and I, we went, and I was like, like, we went over there to pick something up, and I was like, like, kid in a candy store. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this takes me back to the days. Um, but my dad at 11 had me start doing the dishes at the store. And then at 12, I got promoted to butcher for a dollar an hour. And no pun intended, but I thought I was high on the, living high on the hog. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Some people get it. So I'm a butcher. I work seven days a week, right? Like every day after school, Saturdays we were open from like 8 to 5. And then Sundays, Dad would do the books and we would do the deep clean, scrubbing the concrete floors and mopping and waxing the, the linoleum and all that good stuff. And, and that created in me a very strong work ethic. Like I'm thankful for that. Another thing that I was taught through my parents was, boy, my dad loved my mom. And... In all the years that I can remember, I don't think I ever, not one single time, watched my dad leave the house or leave wherever my mom and dad were or come back and not kiss my mom, last thing or first thing. Never. Not a single time did I ever, and that always stuck with me. And I'm pretty sure that the only time my mother ever touched a door handle was if my dad was at work or he wasn't around. Right? Like he opened the door for my mom always. And that always stuck with me, always so much. I loved how much my dad loved my mom. And uh, I fail, right? Like, but what an example, what a role model to try to live up to my dad. Now, um, I desperately wanted what pretty much every man, boy, wants, and that is to hear your father say, I am proud of you. I love you, and I'm proud of you. Like, that's just, we just want that. And I didn't get those words, right? Um, and it's not that he wasn't. He just didn't speak it, so I assumed that he didn't. And no fault of him. That's how he was raised. He was one of seven boys. Uh, he had seven, six brothers and two sisters. There was nine of them. And, and Grandpa had a farm, and he worked at Allison Transmission. He didn't have time to go and tell them all, hey, proud of you, proud of you, proud of you, proud of you. It's like the end of a game, right, when everybody's saying, good game, good game, good game. He comes home from work, proud of you, proud of you, proud of you, proud of you. Hey, straighten up, proud of you, proud of you. Like that, that's just not what he did, right? And so because of that, he didn't 
he didn't know it wasn't modeled for him, so he didn't model it. And that's not my dad's fault, but for me, it was my dad's fault. So because I strive for that, that led on to me striving for a whole lot of things. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I, I, I turned to alcohol, was an alcoholic at a young age, alcoholic all the way up till the time I was 31, then I got saved. Uh, but that wasn't the end of the story. Then I got into addiction. And so anyways, I go to rehab, and I'm in rehab, and I'm learning all this stuff, right? Figuring out me, why, why was I doing this, why, why, why? And then here's the steps that you got to take when you get home. You got to create a support system, people that are going to be there for you to help you, because it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Like, okay, cool. Well, my, it's going to be my family, right? Like, I know it's, it's got to be my family. It's gonna, that's going to be the ones, and I get back, and that's not, that didn't happen. That, it, that is not what happened at all. And so, God is so good, and that he doesn't always give you what you want, but he always gives you exactly what you need, right? Like, I was involved in some 12-step programs. I got plugged into a church over in Louisville. Like, he gave me family that I needed in that time, right? But there was sin that happened and broke this relationship with my family, okay? My sin, my sin, right? You hear me? My sin, recognized. The recognize, recognize, that's me, my sin broke this relationship. Now, I've got expectations that they're to be there for me, right? And what's failed expectations lead to? Anger, resentment, like I'm building it up. And, and Becca and Whitney can both attest to because they've been a part of my life through all of, a lot of this stuff. And, like, I did not understand why is my family not here for me. I don't get it. Like, they're the ones that are supposed to be there. They weren't. So I built all this up. Well, through a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. And now, at this time, like, I have repented, right? Like, I've repented. And I have forgiven and given it to God. Like, God, in your timing, in your way, somehow, some way, and maybe it's going to be in heaven or whatever. It's, this is going to be, it's going to be resolved, right? But ultimately, I trust you, God, whatever that looks like. So years, and I didn't get invited to holidays and birthdays and, like, all that stuff. And, man, at first, you know, that kind of stuff stings. But when you truly give it to God, he takes all that pain away. Like, it's not about being included in, at Christmas. It's not, about, like it's not about those things, right? Like, I was looking for peace and not a peaceful situation, right? Like, rely on God. I got to trust God. So I repented. Well, then, how God is so good, uh, I get a phone call. I get a phone call, and it was my mom. Now, mind you, I have not spoken with my family in a couple years. And... They called me because my brother had come to the realization that he had trouble and that he was an alcoholic. And they had no idea what to do. But God used my brokenness and how I had lived my life to allow them to say, call Josh. Maybe he knows what, maybe he knows what we need to do. So in God's timing, right, like I didn't force it. 
I didn't force my will upon them to call me and love me and be there for me. But in God's timing, he worked it out that they called me when I was in need and then I was able to be there to help them and love them. Now, had I not let go and, and reconciled and forgave and let go of that, I probably would have, Shh, you ain't calling me, Boop, voicemail. But I knew that God was going to work it out in his timing. And I trusted and believed him that he was going to restore this relationship. I knew it. And how good is God that he used my brokenness and then has healed me to allow my family to be like, we don't know where else to turn. Let's call Josh. Right? And they had to trust. They had to trust that God had orchestrated and planned ahead that I would be willing to receive the call and offer grace and forgiveness back, right? God is so good. The first picture. That's what the restoration looked like after. Like we were able to go up there, Becca and the girls and I, we were able to go up there and spend time with my mom and dad, and my brother and sister came over, and the girls got to knit and sew and do all those things that, you know, they would have missed out on. And then my mom, um, so after all that happened with Andrew, and it kind of opened up a little bit of the communication door, on Kinsey's birthday, December 18th, two years ago, I get a phone call. I'm leaving Doug and Rhonda, which is Whitney's parents. We just celebrated Kinsey's birthday. I get a phone call, and it's my mom. And I was like, oh, I always got nervous because she's a messenger, right? Like, she adopted the new age of communication where it's just all words on the screen, and it's not a phone call. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I always associate phone calls with bad news. <laughs> and so I'm like, Hello? Hey, son, what you doing? I was like, oh, just left celebrating Kenzie's birthday. What are you doing? She goes, oh, we're about 10 minutes out. And I was like, 10 minutes out from what, to, to where? <laughs> like, you got to fill me in here. She's like, from your apartment. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I had no idea. That was so not like my family, like, just to show up unexpectedly. So my parents came and, and stayed till the uh, end of the morning. I mean, it was early, like maybe 1 o'clock or something, and those of you that know me, the, I, it's so rare that I stay up and see double digits. It's just not, it's not a normal occurrence in my life. Uh, so I did go to bed in single digits. It was just the next day. But they came up, and, and we were able to communicate and talk about the things, right? Like I got to explain to my dad, Dad, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry that I had this expectation that I wanted you to say. And he was like, Son, I am so proud of you. And he was, and I know he is, right? But as a young man, if you're not secure in your identity in Christ, which I didn't know Christ at that time, I'm looking for the words of my father here instead of seeking the words of my father here, right? And that's normal. But, man, we got to hash all this out. We got to resolve. There was this major reconciliation which led to the restoration, Right, and for those of you that know and maybe don't know, this past March I lost my mother. Right, she she battled cancer and and she passed away. But I was so at peace because everything had been resolved and restored. 
right? Like I didn't carry, I, I didn't carry all that baggage and that burden of, you know, I, I hadn't resolved. Things were resolved. Things were good. And so when she passed, it was fine for me to let go because there was nothing else left on the table. Now, had I held on to all that hurt and that anger and that resentment because they left me when I needed them, you know, like my flesh wanted me to, had I held on to that, that would have been a burden that I would have carried for many, many, many years. But God's word says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, right? And I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right? Like God wants us to give him those things so that we don't carry that extra baggage around. So you saw where the, I had a relationship formed, right? Like with my parents, sin broke it. And because I had these expectations of what it was supposed to look like, then, then there was resentment and so on. But I was able to repent, reconcile, and then we were restored. Right? So that was the first, that's my first relationship I want to discuss. My second relationship I want to discuss is with my ex-wife, Whitney, which how good is God that, that her and, and her beautiful, handsome husband, Matt, are with us today? And they knew that they were going to be part, like I just shared a little bit. I was like, hey, you guys should come. I'm going to talk about relationships. You're going to be in it. And Matt was like, uh, I don't want to be the center of attention. I was like, you're not. It's all God, bro. But I am going to highlight this is the second relationship I want to talk about. So, Whitney and I were, Whitney and I were dating, married, um, and then this relationship's formed, right? And then here, my addiction, right? Like my addiction happened and I go to rehab. Now, mind you, this is not a one-time offense on my part. It's the first time I had went to rehab, but there was many relapses, 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 in addiction, in addiction, in addiction that she had to suffer through. And it was brutal. Like, I can't even imagine, like, you know, I, I know how bad addiction was through my eyes, but, like, from her with two young girls, like, that's awful, right? Like, you got a husband that on vacation can't even enjoy because I'm going through withdrawals and stuck in bed sick. Like, that's so awful. It's terrible. So my sin enters this relationship, and this relationship is broken, right? I come back from rehab. She has to put herself and the girls first. And I, at the time, it's like, Ugh! but I get it, right? Like, you don't know because addicts, a lot of times, history repeats itself, right? And she's got to protect her and the girls, right? So it's awesome. It's good. But I don't know, how many of you in here have ever had a breakup? If, no, if Some of y'all, you're lying straight to me. You're lying. The only person that I could say that could sit in here and tell me and not lie to my face that had never experienced a breakup would be my dad. My dad had one girlfriend his whole life. And she's with the Lord. So the rest of y'all are lying right to me. So when you break up with somebody like you're just dating and you break up, it's like, ah, man, it hurts. But you move on, right? Like you find that just you just move on. Like it hurts for a minute. But when you're with somebody 
and you're married to them, and there's children involved, that severed relationship carries on through the rest of your life, right? Like, I'm going to be in Whitney's life, Whitney's going to be in my life, and everybody else that's involved, we're going to be in each other's life for the rest of our life. So there are decisions that can be made about how to handle these types of relationships. Now, in the very early stages of us being apart and being divorced, uh, probably our words to each other were not maybe kind or caring or whatever, right? There's a lot of raw emotion and, and there's hurt, right? And hurt people hurt people. And so we're saying things and it's not great. Well, I remember this one specific time. I had just started my job at Samtech, and I was driving from St. Matthews. I lived in St. Matthews, Louisville. I'm driving to work, and we're having a conversation, and I didn't appreciate what she said, which, honestly, I don't even know what it was. Uh, but in that moment, in that time, I was mad when we hung up. I was mad when we hung up, and I was like, you know what? Ho, ho. Whew. I got nine hours to stay accumulate as much ammunition as I can because I'm going over there after work and I'm just going to let her have it. I mean, I did, boy. I was like, oh, I remember that. I'm going to call her out on. I'm going to tell her this. I'm going to remind her of this and this and this and this. Like, when I left work, if people would have had cameras on me, I felt like Rambo. War paint under my eyes, bullets across my chest. Like, I'm ready to go to war. And I was. Like, my flesh was ready to let her feel the hurt that I was feeling, which she already was. But I got in my car. I get in my car, and I start it, and I start driving. And I was like, God, God, I know I can't, you don't want me to live this way. You don't want her to live this way. You don't want us to constantly be at war. God, forgive me for allowing my flesh to rise up and to continue to cause her harm and pain after everything I've, I've already done. Like, God, just please forgive me. Allow me to experience your grace, and I'll give grace. And like I said, that prayer in the car. And you all know in the Old Testament, you got the sacrificial system, right? Like God laid out, hey, here's the sacrifices you need to make in order to pay for these types of things, right? And then ultimately, Jesus comes, and he's the ultimate sacrifice to pay for it all. But he lays out this sacrificial system. So I'm driving over there, and I'm like, God, help me to not be selfish. Put my flesh aside. I want to make this right. I want to do what's right. And she loves Diet Dr. Pepper. And I know that. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to get her a big gulp. I'm going to get her a, a, a 44-ounce Diet Dr. Pepper. I know she loves them. And, you know, I'm driving, and here's the last gas station before I, you're going to go to their house. And, I, like, it felt like the power steering went out. Like, it took everything I could to turn into there, right, because I was going to make a sacrifice. Because I had just started this job making entry-level pay, and so 99 cents was a sacrifice for me. And I'm about to give it to my ex-wife. Like, through God, all things are possible. So I pull into this gas station. I get a 44-ounce Diet Dr. Pepper. I pull up, get to her house, and I walk up, and I set it on the counter. She had her back to me. She was doing something at the stove, probably making green dot noodles for Kinsey. And I grabbed her and 
and hugged her. And I said, we got to stop, man. we got to take the gloves off, and we have got to figure out how to make this work. You're exhausted. I'm exhausted. And ultimately, the girls are going to pay the consequence for this. And I tell you what, man, since that day, it, it has just continued to get better. It has continued to get better. But you see the pattern. Sin broke this relationship. I had to repent. Then there was reconciliation. And now restoration. You want to throw that, that next picture? This was a couple weeks ago at my birthday. Uh, and we didn't have plans for my birthday. Like, I don't do birthdays. It's a day, right? Um, and I was helping my buddy move into his new home. And Becca and I had kind of talked. She was like, we'll get a cake and we'll take it over so the girls and everybody can have cake or whatever. I was like, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, not a big deal. Just, let's just keep it low key. Well, Whitney texts me and says, hey, what are y'all doing for your birthday? And I'm moving. And so I was like, ah, I, I got to make this quick. I called her. And I was like, uh, Becca's thinking about getting a cake, and we'll just come over there and, and let y'all have some cake. And she was like, no, if you haven't bought the cake, don't buy it. Kaylee and I want to make you a homemade cake. And we want y'all to come over here, and we're going to do homemade pizzas from the stuff in our garden. We're going to play games and just all this stuff. And it was like, I mean, I hung up cool as a cucumber and called Becca, and we both started bawling. Right? Like, because this had been a prayer. It's been a constant prayer that this family just continued to be restored and continued to be restored and continued to be restored. And like this right here, like that is a beautiful picture of God's restoration and what he can do when all parties are surrendered to his will. Right? It's so good. Now, mind you. How good God is. Okay? So this happens. The kids are all outside playing. And Whitney opens up and shares her heart. Just how special, how special it all is. And we share our heart. And it was so good. And we needed this. And we didn't know it. Because just a few short days after this, we would get some news as a family that would be, what the enemy would want to devastate and destroy, right? Like God's word says, the enemy comes to attack, to, to kill, steal, and destroy, right? But because what God restores and what God joins together, let no man tear down, let no man separate, right? Like God is in the center of our family, and the enemy has no place. And God knew that we needed this day for what lied ahead. And we are strong, and I'm so blessed that they're here today for this. And that's all God's glory, right? That's all God's glory. That's all of us putting our selfishness aside and doing what's best for God and what's best for the girls. It's so good. So the next relationship, so that one, you see where sin entered, broke it. There was repentance, there was re re reconciliation and restoration, Okay, the next one I'm going to tell you about, my beautiful wife, Becca. Uh, so, we're split up, and I'm like, I got my, uh, my old pastor, uh, my former pastor, I, you got to be careful saying old pastor, right? 
People take offense to that stuff. Come on. My former pastor was like, hey, are you going to date again? I was like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. And he was like, well, if you were, what would you pray for? And I prayed a very specific prayer, wrote it down in a notebook and everything. Uh, and then April 14, 2019, uh, Becca walked up to me and she was like, hey, I was told you have a story. And I was like, oh, do you only know how many stories I have? But somebody else had said, hey, you should go talk to Josh. He's the tall guy that's greeting by the front door, gives everybody hugs. He's got a great story. She's in recovery as well, right? So connection, seed planted. Um, and, and this was the beginning of our story together. Uh, now, just a little plug here. Her story is getting ready to be released in her book that's self-published. It'll be coming out in a few weeks. Just throw that out there to you. Yeah. So we're dating, met April 14th, April 19th. We got to go to the movies. I got to reach over and grab her hand to make sure that's a fit because if that's awkward, that this relationship is not going to work. I mean, it's just weird. Have you ever held hands? Like sometimes you're put in situations, maybe even at like church, we're going to do prayer. Let's hold hands. And there is awkward hands, right? There is. And I wasn't going to do that for the rest of my life. So that worked. Okay, so now we're dating. And there is a reason, there is a reason that God highlights and lays out relationships, like intimate relationships, and you are to do them in this fashion. There's a reason. Because when you don't, it messes everything up. So being the man in the relationship, I led us into temptation. There's children present, so we're going to leave it at that, but y'all can read between the lines. You got me? I led us into places that we should have not experienced prior to being married. Amen? Because of that, because my sin entered, then this relationship broke. Not directly because of that, but as soon as sin enters a situation, it's not just one sin, right? That allows more and more and more and more. So then split. We split up for a year, split up for a whole year, and then God had to do uh, work in her heart. He had to do work in my heart. You know, ultimately, then I'm praying, man, you know, God, I feel like she was the answered prayer that you had for me, and then he highlights, and I had to recognize and repent, like I had to recognize my sin, and I allowed sin into enter, and I'm supposed to be the one that leads us not into sin, and to protect us and lead us closer to him, not further away from him. So I had to recognize, right? But then I was able to repent. Uh, and then we were able to be reconciled, and we started dating again, and then we did it his way, right? We did it his way, and he got to be glorified through it, then we get married, and then about a year ago, I had kept things from her, sin, right, lies, deceit. And then what happened? Broken. Not broken in the sense of, like, divorce or anything because she trusts and believes that God has ordained this and she's not going to, you know, but broken trust, like all of that that comes with it, right? So then I had to recognize, I had to repent. We have re reconciled and he's restoring He's always, God's always in the business of restoration, right? If you follow those steps, if you recognize 
and repent and allow him to reconcile, he will restore. Now, here's where, here's where we get hung up a lot. Here's where I get hung up. And if you follow with me and you connect with me, let's do it. Here's my problem. I see all this that happens. And then I get to the restoration. I got to check myself and throw my expectations back there. Because I cannot expect the relationship to be restored to what it was or to something I envisioned. Because God is going to restore it to what is going to glorify him and advance his kingdom. Right? Like my relationship with my parents. What did I want it to look like? I don't know. I don't know. My relationship with Whitney. What did I want it to look like? I don't know. What did I... I don't know, but I trust God that he's working it out and he's restoring it for his glory and his good. And he's going to use it to advance his kingdom here on earth. I know that and I trust and I believe that. But if I come into this restoration process with expectations of what it's going to look, I'm going to probably end up going back through this cycle. Right? And what I love is hindsight. Or in the first service, I said God's sight. You know, hindsight, what do they say hindsight is? 2020, and those of you that are up in age like me and have 2020 without corrective lenses or glasses, amen, you are anointed. But hindsight being 2020, when you're in the midst of those things, the first part, like the, re- the recognition, the repentance, the rec- if you're in the midst of those, you don't see God's hand in any of it, do you? You don't. Or like when you're in a storm, You're in the stormy season of your life. You can't focus on anything. Why? Because you're just focused on the drops getting in your eyes. And you can't see what's going on around you. But you get through it and you get through that storm. And you're over here and you look back and you go, God, I see what you did there. I see what you did through all that. And if I can keep my focus on him even through the storm... Right? Don't focus on the rain drops. Focus on the one that pr- even provides the rain. I'm going to see his hand in all of it. Right? But our human perspective, our human perception, we don't see him in the midst of trials and tribulations, do we? God, why are you absent? I'm never absent. I promised you I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. Ever. So these relationships... There is a pattern to every single one. There's a pattern, that, and, and I, I can't be the only one. And if I am, this is the best sermon I've preached to myself so far. <laughs> but I'm going to give you the verses. I'm going to give you the verses that God has spoken to me through each of these. Recognize and repent. Recognize and repent. 1 John 1, 8 through 9. If we claim to be without sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Recognize and repent. I had to recognize my sin in every one of those broken relationships. Right? And what what does it take to recognize? you got to humble yourself, right? Because... A lot of times, we just want to point the finger on, you did this, and you did that, and you, 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 you. Why? Because i got to protect me. Hi, Bugs. 
If we claim to be without sin, meaning if there is a broken relationship and I claim to have no fault or no, no sin in that, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I got to recognize and own my part in it. And then I got to repent. I got to repent and he will purify us. Forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All right, that was recognize and repent. Let's go to reconcile. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I said it, you know, I don't know if God uses a mic, but I promise you, there are so many dents in that thing from when he drops it. Like, that is a mic drop from God. Like, reconciliation, reconcile. And I love that it says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Are we reconciling ourselves to others, not counting their sins against them? Are we constantly highlighting and magnifying what they did? Because that's not Christ-like. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be reconciled. Romans chapter 5 verse 10. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? We didn't even have to clean everything up. We didn't even have to make sure we were doing all the right things. God's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and send my son to pay the price and penalty for everything that you've done, you're doing, and you're going to do. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Restore. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. That is the only way restoration is going to begin to take place, to get rid of. Because had I gone into when my parents called me or showed up, if I was still hanging on to that, when, when Whitney and I had our conversation, when Becca and I were coming back together, if I had held on to all that bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice, there is no way that God can restore those relationships. i got to let go of that stuff. All that stuff feeds self. Right? Just sit there and chewing on it, eating it all day. I'm telling you, you're going to end up malnourished. It doesn't serve you well. It does not serve you well. But if you can be kind and compassionate to one another, and Pastor Paul, he preached this message, I know it was at least a year ago, and every time I hear the word compassionate or compassion, he highlighted that Jesus was compassionate over the people. And what did he do? He fed them. Compassion is not just a feeling. It is a feeling that's backed up with action. It is feeling that's backed up with action. 
So if I cannot be kind to my parents and siblings, if I cannot be kind and compassionate to Whitney and Matt, if I cannot be kind and compassionate to Becca, if I cannot do those things, he cannot restore those things. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Peace. Peace. That is the ultimate prize on earth, peace. Right? That's what we want. Are you all tired of living with hostility? Are you tired of having this constant war between you and others, you and yourself? You, like, those things are going to happen, right? Don't walk away thinking, oh, my. That sermon, I don't have to. We do have to deal with those things. But we allow the peace that surpasses all, understand, all understanding to dwell in our hearts and our minds. Right? Because we have been restored to God. I told, uh, I, I was just the other day, I don't even know what we were talking about, Becca and I. And then I, I told Alex and Don, which, hallelujah for our tech team. Um, I told him, I was like, you know, I'm 45 years old. And... This is the greatest season of peace in my life that I've ever experienced. Like, my relationship with my father is flourishing. Like, my mother's passing has done nothing but brought my dad and I so close. It's awesome. We text, talk daily. I'm actually after service here. I'm going up there to spend uh, a couple days with him. I've been doing that. Love my wife for allowing me to, not allowing me. I do, I ask for permission, I'm not going to lie. But, like, this is the greatest season of peace. Like, Matt and Whitney and the girls, like, it's so wonderful. We went over to Whitney's parents' house to celebrate her mom's birthday as a family. Like, what a peaceful environment that we get to walk into. My relationship at home is peaceful. Sometimes... Sometimes, like this morning, I allowed my feelings, uh, you, you know, we, we were getting our feelings. None of us are perfect, right? And I'm not going to stand up here and act like I am. This morning, I allowed my feelings to get in the way a little bit. Uh, and immediately, she leaves to come worship, to do worship. And I had to turn on the song. Uh, and, the, and the words say, Spirit, lead me. I'm done chasing feelings. Spirit, lead me, because the enemy would want my feelings to get in the way and then hinder me from delivering a message to you all. The last relationship I'm going to talk about, and then we're going to close. The last relationship, and that's the relationship with our Heavenly Father. And the exact same thing happened. That same pattern happened. There was a relationship. It was broken by sin, but through repentance, we're able to be reconciled and restore relationship with God, right? Like that's ultimately what all this is about. These earthly relationships, they get to be an example to the world around us of what's possible when we're truly surrendered to God, right? 
Like everybody in this world has experienced some brokenness. Everybody in this world has had a relationship that was broken. Everybody. But it's on the restoration side that people see and go, whoa, that's awesome. How's that even possible? Well, if you got a few minutes, we can grab coffee or something. Uh, I can tell you about it. Right? Because, like I said earlier with Whitney, hurt people hurt people. Well, healed people get to be a part of healing people. Right? Like God allows our brokenness and our repentance, our reconciliation and restoration to go out to the world and show them that through God all things are possible. So if that relationship with God, if you've never realized that that relationship was broken through sin, you know, today you can repent and ask, ask Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior. And you can be reconciled to God. Right, that relationship can be formed, and then you can be restored, just like Pastor Paul said in uh, Isaiah chapter 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. You know, maybe in your heart you feel like it's a desert or a wasteland. You can repent and be reconciled to God and allow him to restore that. Right, And that's the ultimate relationship that needs to be restored first and foremost. And then after that, go into the world. Maybe your parents, maybe your spouse, your kids, coworkers. I mean, this applies to every relationship that I've ever had in my life. But I had to recognize my, my part in it and recognize that it's only, I can only control what I put into and what I take out of. Right? I hope this message encouraged you in some kind of way. Um, and I pray that you take that next step of faith, whatever it is, in, in recognizing, repenting, reconciling, or allowing God to restore, right? Because ultimately, it's God that brings the restoration, not myself and, and not you. But let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day. God, thank you that your word just lays out beautiful examples of how we're to deal with everything in our life, but, but especially relationships. God, we are relational beings. We are relational beings, and we are going to be in contact with people for the rest of our life on varying levels of intimacy and depth and trust. And God, I pray that as we go through these re uh, relationships that we reflect on those, and, and maybe there's one that's broken, God. And God, I pray that you open our eyes to recognize our part in it and that we're able to uh, repent, ultimately that, that we uh, be reconciled to you, God, first and allow you to do the restoration. Because, God, we trust and believe that your word says that, that what you have created, let no man take apart. So, God, I just pray that, that anyone in here that this message spoke to, that you continue to work in their hearts and their minds. Draw them closer to you for strength and comfort. And, God, I just pray for peace over all in here. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.